Okay, well, welcome to Cheat Time. Today, I'm very excited to be speaking with Tom Bizio. Tom is not only a teacher of mine, but has been to so many of us within the SEAM community. And we're quite thrilled that to have Tom coming back to teach in Seattle starting in September 2020, when he'll be teaching the first weekend module of a four-part series on Zonkru Twena. So Tom, thank you so much for being here. Um, oh, it's a pleasure, Kathy. <laughs> there's so many topics I love to talk to you about all the time. One of my favorites, as you know, is when we talk about the system of Zonkru Twena. So I'm really excited to, to um, have other people learn about it and uh, maybe you know tell them about the book and all these sort of things. So, um, but I think before we get into anything else, for people that are new to this method, how would you describe what it is? Ah, uh, that's the difficult part. So uh, <laughs> I, I usually describe it as organ regulating and harmonizing um, Twina. Mm -hmm. um, and I differentiate it from traditional, although there's, let's say there's overlap with traditional Twina. Um, and you could segue easily from what I'm calling traditional Twina and Zongfu Twina from one to the other very easily. So right. traditional Twina is more like the typical hand techniques that we see in most Chinese medical schools, like you know rolling and pressing and pushing, and the and the um, the Junggu techniques, the manipulations that go with that. Um, so they're a little more kind of gross things, and while they can impact the internal organs, we're not in a sense working directly with the tissues around the organs. Whereas um, Zongfu Twina using much lighter touch, not really mm -hmm. hand techniques per se, but let's say techniques of intention and uh, that change the hand, the, the jin or the, the energy configuration of the hand to directly manipulate the organs or in fact, maybe we could say the tissues that hold the organs. Mm -hmm. And um, Rather than, uh, and, and we can work with the meridians at the same time, but uh, basically it's working with this idea of that each organ has an inherent chi dynamic, uh, both in and of itself, so it, which creates an intrinsic movement within the organ, oh, uh, certain cycles of movement within, um, um, let's say, we'll make it up like six to eight breaths, maybe the organ goes through one cycle of movement, depends on the organ. And then, and then the organs have the chi dynamics between them. So it's really going back to me to the, the foundations of Chinese medicine, which is the chi ascends and descends, it enters and exits, open and closes, it gathers and it consolidates, those eight movements of chi. Um, and, and that's really the focus of, of it. So the touch is very light um, in most cases. Uh, with some of the bowels, like the intestines, we can work a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. and, and yet we can get this incredible penetration into the body with a light touch and make these deep changes in the organs, both actually physically. Uh, I mean, you were just talking about a case of a twisted intestine where it was physically <laughs> twisted and you can untwist it, or in a more what we would call, uh, in quotations, energetic way. Right, right. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, when people have asked me about it, they, they always ask me the difference. I'm, so I'm glad you spoke about the difference between, you know, Twena. Yeah, and, and I should and say for me, it's one contiguous system. Yeah, very interesting. Um, I can go from one, go, it's very easy to go from a Junggu bone setting technique to a rolling technique to an organ mm. technique and, 
go back and forth between them. But for teaching purposes, it's, it's too confusing to learn from the beginning that way. So we separate them into separate, but yet not separate systems. <laughs> <laughs> but people who don't need to have known, learned so much traditional Twainot techniques to learn this method. No, I think either, either is a standalone method of treatment. Yeah. And one could say, although they have overlaps, they're probably each is better, it has a certain strength. Mm -hmm. um, so here the strength is much more, we're, we're really working with the Zong through the way Chinese medicine talks about the Zong through the way it treats it. And we're diagnosing and treating according to that system. Uh, having said that, we have to know Western anatomy pretty well because we have to know where the organs are. Right. But the more I've delved into it, and I know you too, the more you're, you're kind of like, oh, well, so how interesting that REN12 is right where the pyloric sphincter is and mm -hmm. that all these acupuncture points are actually over these very specific structures. And, and yet we, we've gone along thinking, oh, the Chinese didn't really know anatomy all these <laughs> when it's clear they actually did know anatomy. Right. Yeah, which I get, you know, it's, which is interesting for me because I, I, you know, I've been very lucky to learn this system from you and I use it uh, all the time in my practice. And, and it sort of makes me stop because I learned it very, you know, two decades into my practice um, and how much it's, it's influenced how I practice and changed even how I assess patients. And I was wondering if you can talk about how this sort of, you know, any thoughts you have about that? Because I, I find that to be super interesting. It's not something I learned in school, you know what I mean? But yet, right. you know. I, I mean, I think for me, it's something I've been developing for 20 years. So I've been playing mm. with aspects of it. But once it cohered into a real system of working, I use it as my main diagnostic method for internal organ stuff. And frankly, even as we've discovered through treatment, like so many of those shoulder and neck problems that you, you treat them, they get better, and then they come back with the same thing. We've come to see in, in clinical practice that, oh, well, it's because you didn't release this restriction in the liver and that affects their shoulder or this restriction in the pericardium that affects these ligaments that go to the neck and suddenly this intractable chronic thing when you do one manipulation changes completely so it's become integrated with the regular tweenal that i do but it's also become a way of globally diagnosing the body very quickly mm -hmm. actually and the five zong mm -hmm. and i find uh, for me I'm not sure if the pulse, I use the pulse now to confirm what I feel in the organs, or I sometimes <laughs> use the organs to confirm what I felt in the pulse, right? It's mm -hmm. like another, it can just be another com confirmatory sign. Mm -hmm. But then even while you're maybe a little more than the pulse, right? You're changing by listening and, and diagnosing, you're already changing the situation because your interaction of your chi dynamic with theirs even if we're just think we're diagnosing is already already changed. yeah it's already modifying it right yeah in yeah. a positive direction you know, you know i have I, I so it makes me want to ask you a question so so for example like can you take the liver constraint patient i've mentioned to, to you this before but you know they have all these symptoms of liver constraint and then you check their liver viscera and it, and it, it, it doesn't seem to be at all restricted in its intrinsic movement i mean is that the type of 
you know, then it's, yeah. I sort of rethink what I'm thinking. You so know? then you're thinking, is it liver <laughs> constraint? Is it their diaphragm? Is right, it yeah. lung chi not descending, right? Because that could look like a liver constraint. And actually the lung chi, I was just teaching a class this weekend. It's, it's one of those things like in, in school, we don't really, what do we learn about the lungs, right? Oh, they're the commander of the chi. And then we don't really talk about that. We just talk about, oh, you got phlegm in your lungs and you have a mm -hmm. cough. And, but in this system, it's like the lung is paramount because it disperses and descends the chi through the body. It becomes this really important mechanism for this global movement of chi. And I know you had a patient where I think you said they couldn't urinate. Yeah. So your typical response as an acupuncture, well, we'll do some bladder. Which I did, yes. We'll do kidney points. And then you, you harmonize their lung and kidney chi, and suddenly there was a change. And I've had experiences like that. I think that's very different than the way we wouldn't even think necessarily about giving lung herbs, or most of us wouldn't. Maybe some <laughs> right. master herbalist knows that <laughs> secret, but, but here it's, it's an obvious thing, right? It's just part of our basic setup to go deeper is to do these global connections. Um, yeah, and I, I find also um, in terms of like your liver chi example, um, right? It's not giving them herbs is not so efficient. Mm. It takes mm. time. Then you have to tinker with the formula a bunch sometimes for different patients. And here in literally, what, 15 minutes tops, you can radically change that, that liver chi stagnation situation. And not only have you changed that, but you've harmonized it with the spleen. You've moved the lung chi down and harmonized the lung liver chi dynamic, which, are, which is making global changes through the whole body. That's amazing. So, I mean, how do you, like, how would you explain how your practice, how this fits into your practice? You know, so like, do you, do you check, is this a routine sort of assessment method that you use? Um, yeah, I mean, even like the other day, I was treating somebody's knee, one of, one of the mm -hmm. students who'd hurt their knee. And there was some complication of a spider bite to, to the injury to the knee. So that had created like a toxin situation. Mm. So now we're in like months after that, those initial treatments, some of which he did himself. But, you know, it comes to like, I'm trying to unwind his knee and it's, it's kind of not in place correctly, but the Jungu techniques aren't really getting it because it's some micro maladjustment. And eventually I feel the line go to his kidney and his kidneys actually not moving properly. We readjust wow. the kidney chi dynamic, which takes all of three minutes, <laughs> and suddenly his knee's a lot better, right? <laughs> and that's, that's that interface where, here it's a musculoskeletal problem in theory, but there's an organ chi uh, dy dynamic involved with it, right? That's a perfect example of what I have found, like having seen you treat patients like that is just, most mind-blowing about this system is you know you could continue to treat this knee over and over again and get some you know small incremental results and then suddenly you you know you work on the kidney like you're describing and the knee's better yeah or, like or, or like in france i was working on a woman who had some surgery in the lower abdomen i can't actually remember but it it was by the pubic bone so it had affected her bladder mm. and her pelvic floor and actually, I was just demonstrating the bladder techniques on her, but it, it went into a whole unwinding of the bladder and pulling on the ligaments that go to the pelvic floor. And 
the next time I saw her, which was months later, she was like, you know, everything has changed since then. My hips wow. are different. Wow. My legs are different, right? And and really, I wasn't even doing a treatment. And that's the power of it. Yeah. You know? um, and right. there it was a more obvious thing, right? Obviously, there were bladder issues and lower abdominal issues. So you're working in the local area, but yet it has this global effect. Mm. And we don't we don't normally... I mean, one of the things I never really associate like that hip problems could be related to your large intestine, but we see that all the time. All the time. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of amazing. But yet sometimes in an old Chinese book, you'll see some weird reference like that, that intimates that that could be the case. Right. Mm. Um, and yet we don't really, we don't see an herb formula for that kind of thing. It may exist, but I don't know about it. <laughs> and here we have this, this way to not only do what herb formulas do, but to do much more, to do what tween on acupuncture treatments do, mm. to do what Qigong does um, with people. Yeah. So, so I was wondering, maybe you could talk a little bit about the class. You know, so if someone's interested in learning this method and this system, I know, you know, you're, you've been teaching a four weekend module course over the course of a year. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you could just talk a little bit about what that, that's like sure. and what people have learned. I mean, I, I think what's uh, basically what we're doing in the class is we're integrating kind of six viewpoints. One would be a Qigong Neigong viewpoint of looking at how, how the body moves and moves internally. And that means that you have to do Qigong and Neigong to experience that. Um, some of that involves some Taoist meditation techniques like uh, working with the true breath or the so-called fetal breathing, which we also can feel in patients and work with in the patient. Um, there's also obviously a mm. Western anatomy component because we have to know where the structures are. Right. And, and we kind of have to know uh, physiologically what the West says the pancreas does as opposed to the Chinese viewpoint of these organs. Um, there's an osteopathic component in that I'm certainly influenced by osteopathic info, uh, techniques and methods like uh, Jean-Pierre Barral and um, some other osteopathic techniques I've seen. Um, and then we, we have to look at the Jing Lo. Uh, we have to know the Zhang Fu and what they do that very clearly and their, their interactions over the Qi dynamics. So we're coming at this from these multiple viewpoints um, and integrating them into a Chinese medicine approach to treatment. And then so in the, the first class, we're pretty much looking at how to balance the san jiao. How do we make sure that there's a free flow between the three jiao? Mm -hmm. um, and then the five organ relationships. So looking at the, the heart, which we don't really manipulate, but we want to feel that it's moving properly. The lungs and then the lungs with the kidneys, the heart with the kidneys. So connect, communicating the heart and kidneys and the liver and spleen. So that's sort of the centerpiece of the, of the first class. And from there, we start to fan out into looking at a little bit of the introduction to the liver, the pericardiums, um, attachments in the upper chest, the lungs, movements, uh, and, and the structures that support the pleural dome and the thoracic outlet. So it's kind of a, the five organs, the intro work, and then the upper heater. Mm -hmm. And then we, in subsequent classes, the second and third classes are more, um, 
I'd say the first class is more about the principles. The second and third class is we got to get down and dirty into the, each organ and the specific techniques. So they're a little bit technique heavy. Yeah. Um, and then uh, in the fourth class, we go to looking at global protocols for basically have four global protocols that cover the chi dynamic of the body in global ways. So one is looking at fire diseases and having a protocol to deal with that. One is looking at the earth, the center, as the hub of the chi mm -hmm. dynamic. And then the others would be the kidney heart connection and the kidney um, lung connection. Because to me, these are the big yin and yang, the center, the fire, the water, and, the, and then the movement of the lung and kidneys, right? Which is this big dynamic in the body that drives the chi dynamic. Um, and that's kind of the, the structure of the class. So within that, we're going to go through all the zong organs, all the fu organs, all the ways to manipulate them um, and balance them. And underpinning that, students have to learn qigong so we focus on the two qigongs that really work with the zong organs which would be five element qigong mm -hmm. where we're using movement um, and spinal twisting to affect the organs by twisting where the spinal vertebra comes out uh, sorry the spinal nerves come out to go to that organ and then also uh, compressing and releasing the cavity the organ sits in so that students can have a, a, literally a visceral understanding of how that works. Yeah. And then in the later classes, we'll be doing the healing sound qigong because that uses this completely other mechanism of using a tongue position. And I didn't believe this at first, that the mouth and tongue position actually tugs on the organ. If you change it a certain way, it pulls on the kidney. If you change your mouth position, it pulls on the liver. And then we, we uh, use a sound to create a vibration in the organ. And it's a super powerful qigong. It also um, it gives you another way into feeling how the organs move and work. It also gives you things you can teach patients to continue the treatment at home. So that's kind of our global class structure. Yeah. Um, and and um, by, by the end, we, in the final class, we also get into global body unwinding where we take the limbs and unwind them. Sometimes the whole body starts to move spontaneously or unwinding the limb into an organ. And this is that crossover between what we were talking about, musculoskeletal stuff, meridian stuff, sinew channel stuff, and internal organs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for somebody who doesn't know what you mean by unwinding, um, yeah, you just that, kind of, <laughs> yeah. So the idea that fascia in the body in the body is one contiguous uh, structure, right, that connects everything from our intracranial membranes to the bottom of our feet, goes through all the internal organs, and that this fascia should have an elastic kind of freeness, mm -hmm. and that if it doesn't, it can bind and catch or um, become shortened. And so when we unwind something, it's literally like unwinding a messed up ball of thread, right? Mm -hmm. You kind of, if you tug at it really hard, you make it worse. But if you kind of soften it and loosen it, a little piece comes loose and another, and you keep oh, moving I love it. That and then it comes out and you can un unwind it, so to speak. Yeah. In effect, we're doing that with all these fibrous um, angles and layers in the fascia. But, and it, and it can be local or it could be global. Um, 
so the in the final class we try and get into the global kind of because actually with the organs we've been doing lo this local unwinding all along but maybe right. only with the tissues around the liver or only the liver and pericardium and then what you realize is of course when you think you're just doing a liver and pericardium global things are happening happening yeah because, of course. because they have to because everything's got this connection mm. right yeah so so interesting i mean and you know one thing that I'm, i think is amazing and very exciting is that you just published a book about this um yeah, yeah we did yeah. A, I, I decided i think also from talking to you and feedback from students in the french the classes in france and the class we did here that students felt they needed like reminders uh, yeah. of the mm -hmm. hand positions. Yeah. And at first I thought, well, it's not really going to work. I mean, you're just going to see a hand on somebody's stomach. <laughs> but, um, I, and I also think I realized that, that in the class, we don't always have time to discuss all the little theoretical points that back up this medicine. So I thought a workbook would be a good idea. And it, it actually came out, I, I'm pretty pleased with the result, I think. It, it backs up what we're doing in the classes. It, it has pictures that are pretty clear. Yeah, they for are. students to remember the techniques. Yeah. Um, and of course, the problem is once you do one, you have to do one for the whole class. So I'm working on second one. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I hope that'll help the students. And I'm, I'm interested to hear some feedback from the classes, whether it's helpful or not. You know. I guess, Tom, I'm going to just ask you uh, one last question before we end is, um, you know, as an educator now, I'm thinking, you know, I teach students at the master's level and at the doctoral level, but they're still, you know, pre-licensed or early in practice. Right. What do you think about this system and these theories? Um, you know, they're not taught at, the, at that level. Um, I mean, do you think this is something that is, I don't know, I just been thinking about this, like what the, would be interesting to sort of introduce this to the student. Um, I think it would be, you know, I've, I've always been a proponent that a student should learn Qigong from day one yeah. um, and experience the Qi dynamic in their own body. Um, and I also think, you know, now I realize it's difficult in a school because there's a lot people have so to much, learn. And exactly. You, you can't only throw so many systems of things at people. Um, but certainly at a, at a master's level, I think this could be useful because it confirms by touch yes. a lot of the things you're taught in Chinese medicine school that, that I think sometimes in clinical practice you get away from because you know you try it, it doesn't, you try some treatment for liver cheese stagnation, it doesn't work. And you start questioning whether the medicine is actually efficacious for certain things. Mm. And I see this all the time with experienced practitioners who, who have lost belief in certain aspects of their own medicine and we'll quickly turn to a Western thing. And here I think is another, this is, I think this is a really powerful way to say like, wow, the organs really do what the Chinese said they do. Yes. It's not made up, it's not magic, it's not some magic energy medicine, mm -hmm. it's real. And we can feel it ourselves. Uh, if you do Qigong, you feel it, but here now you can feel it in other people. Well, I think that that was probably one of the most um, profound experiences I had was in the very, very early um, stages of learning this is when I first felt the lung and how, like how you described earlier, like how the lung has this global like, effect on the, on chi of the body. And like, you really, when you feel that in someone, you really like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, when wow. you feel how their lung makes their, how their lung 
energy goes down to their thighs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, they're not joking. Right? No. <laughs> like, it's not, and, and it's very hard to feel that with acupuncture. I mean, I have felt it, but a lot of times, you know, needle lung point. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe you feel it move to their chest and that's it. You know, some maybe once in a hundred times or 200 times, you'll feel some global thing happen. Yeah. But you're still feeling it through the needle, which is a true. little bit indirect, you know, That's as true. compared yeah. to this feeling both lungs at the same time. Right. And, and we know that these movements are very subtle. When students learn them, they have a lot of difficulty believing they're feeling it. But once you feel it, right, for you, for me, it's not subtle at all. It feels no. immense. Yes. Like, how could you not feel subtle? Yes. Right. right. Well, great. This yeah. has been awesome. Um, is there anything else you want to add before we, we end? I just want to add that, um, you know, a lot of people ask me, where does this come from? And it, it yeah, comes out of, out of my clinic, things I learned in, I learned a lot of my early medicine from my Kung Fu teacher who did, taught me the tween on emergency medicine stuff and, and acupuncture. And um, we some of these techniques come from that, where there were some things that he did energetically that were these, but I also um, overtook a class with Jean-Pierre Barral and absorbed some of his ideas and then later worked with Frank Butler when we were working together in, in Jungu Twina. We created kind of together the basis of this with the five organs interacting. And from there, then I just kept going with it to go through all the organs and figure out and feel um, how they move and how they interact according and link it up with the Chinese way of thinking about it, not an osteopathic, not a Western way of thinking about it. Um, right. I was, I did also study a little bit with the Chine Tsong people, Montag Jaws mm -hmm. group, and they have some interesting Taoist ideas that they pull into their way of working. Um, so it's been a work in progress and that's the reason I'm going into this is because it's still evolving. There's yes, a bunch of new things I'm working on with it, um, using the hand different ways according to the I Ching principles and um, work around the navel where you can draw the bagua around the navel and work with the different aspects of the organs through a bagua system. And then also trying to link uh, herb formulas to that, that harmonize the chi dynamic the way we're doing with our hands. Wow. So those are all like, so I, I feel it's evolving. And obviously at a certain point it's going to need more than me to do it and other, bring in other practitioners to, yeah. to help with that evolution. Very cool. Very exciting. Well, great. Thank you, Tom. This has been. Thank you, Kathy. It was always. a pleasure to, to do the interview with you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, I, uh, I, I know that this is gonna really help people uh, better understand because you know, having announced the class here in Seattle, we've had a lot of people asking about, um, asking about this. So this, has been, this will be great for people to be able to listen to. Yeah, for me too, because it's, it's hard to explain it in an <laughs> yes. encapsulated quick two sentence thing, right? <laughs> so this might be really helpful. <laughs> exactly. All right, well, you have a great day and we'll talk you to too, you. You too, Kathy. Okay, uh, okay bye. Okay, bye.